0: Over 100 million Americans are experiencing some of the worst air quality ever recorded as smoke from wildfires in America's top hat makes its way south. The scenes from New York City are downright eerie. A Broadway performer walked off stage during a matinee yesterday because she couldn't breathe. It is genuinely scary for people. And you know what that means? It means it's the perfect opportunity for liberals to push their fear mongering climate change agenda. The smoke had just barely appeared in the sky when Randy Weingarten, the nation's teacher union boss and Democrat Party operative, but I repeat myself, she blamed the smoke on, you guessed it, climate change. Weingarten tweeted, Climate change is real. Please be careful today in NYC. But Weingarten, a well-known private jet enthusiast, neglected to mention how the wildfires in Canada are connected to global warming or global cooling or climate change or whatever. And the reason for that omission, one suspects, is that there is no discernible connection at all. The wildfires in Canada have burned 9 million acres of land. Pretty bad. But is it historically bad? No. 9 million acres is a lot. But 9 million acres is nothing compared to the 49 million acres that burned 20 years ago during the Russian wildfires of 2003. Still, 2003, relatively recent. Maybe that was climate change, too. Well, what about the 1987 Black Dragon Fire, also in China, which burned 18 million acres, twice the Canadian burn that turned New York City orange? Were the 1987 Chinese fires caused by climate change? Maybe, I guess. The libs have been shrieking about some sort of environmental catastrophe since the 70s. How about the Siberian wildfires of 1915, which burned a whopping 35 million acres of land in Russia? Was climate change already in full swing by 1915? Industrialization started in Russia in the late 19th century. So, Maybe? Would have had to act awful quick to blame industry for that one. How about the Black Thursday bushfires of 1851 in Australia, which burned 12 million acres, 33% more land than the amount that has sent this historic plume to America from Canada? How about the half million acres that burned every single year in Oregon and Washington state alone since time immemorial, prehistory, before a European ever set foot on that land. Were those climate change too? Even a cursory glance at history shows that lots of North America, just like the rest of the world, has been regularly set ablaze long before any of the supposed causes of climate change ever had any effect or even existed. But a photograph and some liberal demagogues with an agenda say that wildfires are caused by your pickup truck and your air conditioning. They're choosing to exploit a natural crisis for their political purposes. They're confident enough that you were never taught any of that history. They're confident because they control the education system and the media and the big tech platforms on which you're seeing all those scary pictures. I'm Michael Knowles. It's The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. You want to talk about scary group of Christians was escorted by police away from a pride parade simply for praying. One man was arrested, actually. We will talk to one of those Christians who is led away by the coppers. Uh, It wasn't in some liberal city either, by the way. It was right here in Franklin, Tennessee. It's one of the most conservative places in the country. We will speak to him a little bit later if we can get him on the line. First, though, up in Canada, Canada, not looking good, man, not looking good. Forget about the natural disaster that's going on. What about the ideological disaster? What about the political disaster? You know, the libs, especially on climate change, they're very, very concerned about the imminent death of all of humanity sometime in a hypothetical future. But in the present, they are actively killing humans. They're actively killing humans through abortion Canada has one of the most barbaric abortion regimes in the country. And they're actively killing old people and the poor and the homeless through what they euphemistically call MAID, Medical Assistance in Dying. It's assisted suicide. They they euphemistically call it euthanasia. It means good death. It's the opposite of a good death. And they're doing it at an alarming rate. I, I got this email. I got this email from a nurse yesterday who wishes to remain anonymous, so I'll leave her anonymous. But it gives a little personal side to the statistics we're seeing. We saw last year some 3% of Canadians died through assisted suicide. It's a shocking number, 3% of your country killing itself every year. Or 3% of deaths, rather. 3% and that was that number is way up from the previous number of suicides, and it shows no sign of stopping. So this is what this nurse writes. She she writes, quote, I'm a nurse in Canada, my specialty is in wound care. Today I had a patient who told me tomorrow he's receiving M-A-I-D, that is euthanasia. The patient has all his mental faculties, happily married as far as I can tell, and is not currently in significant physical discomfort. I'm in shock. My job is to care for people physically, emotionally, and spiritually. I feel sick to my stomach to see a patient who still has so much opportunity to live life, choose euthanasia. So much for euthanasia being for rare cases. We are flying down the slippery slope. Of course, of course we are. When the Libs tell us that euthanasia, quote unquote, assisted suicide, is, is just about these fringe cases of people who are imminently going to die, they're in immense pain, they're very, very elderly, we just need to put them out of their misery, allow them that choice. That was never going to remain there. It was always going to become widespread. That's what happened in the Netherlands, the Netherlands now, which has legalized children killing themselves, legalized little kids killing themselves. It, the Netherlands, where a woman who had previously assented to assisted suicide was told by her doctor, okay, time for you to die now. And she said, no, I don't want to, not yet. And the doctor forced her to kill herself anyway, and her family held her down while she was resisting. That happened there too. And by the way, the Dutch courts and the Hague, even the International Criminal Court said, no, it's fine, no big deal. Doctor was totally within his rights to do that. Of course, this is spreading. Because the the principle is either that life is good and you don't own yourself and you're not allowed to do anything that you want with your own body, and therefore we can pass laws against suicide. And therefore, you're going to get a much lower suicide rate. Or the principle is, you can do whatever you want with your own body, and life is not necessarily good. And the only purpose of life is not is not to seek God, to seek virtue, to suffer in a way that is sanctifying and edifying. No, the only purpose of life is to get pleasure. So whenever you feel like you're not getting enough pleasure, you can just off yourself. They're principles, okay? And principles and ideas have consequences. That's why transgenderism is spreading like a wildfire. Transgenderism is spreading like a wildfire because. If we establish the principle in society that a man secretly can be a woman, if that's just what we all believe about human nature, then you're going to see a lot more people falling into that mistaken view of human nature. If we establish the principle that, no, that's not the case, and if you think you're the opposite sex, there's something's going a little bit wrong in your head, then you're going to see a lot less of that. Now, the big tech companies are going to see a lot of what you're doing online unless you're using a VPN like ExpressVPN. Right now, go to expressvpn.com slash Knowles. Did you notice that big tech companies today are masquerading as privacy companies? Just fix your privacy settings, turn off app tracking, and you're all good. Yeah, right. Are we supposed to believe that the big tech wolf has now turned into our sweet little grandma? I don't think so. Big tech feeds on your information by collecting and selling off your data. They can't stop themselves from looking at what you do online. So to protect myself Against big tech's prying eyes, I have chosen to use ExpressVPN. When you use the ExpressVPN app on your computer or phone, you are hiding your unique IP address. Websites can't use that address to find out your real location or track what you do online. On top of that, ExpressVPN encrypts and reroutes 100% of your online activity, so your internet provider, Wi-Fi admin, and hackers can't see it. The best part, though, is how easy it is to use. I'm a Luddite, not the biggest tech guy. You just click one button. It'll protect all your devices. Boom, click it on your phone, on your laptop. You're good to go. One ExpressVPN subscription covers up to five devices at the same time, so you can protect your whole family, too. Use the VPN that I trust. Go to expressvpn.com slash Get three extra months for free. expressvp noles ExpressVPN.com slash to learn more. The worst air quality ever recorded in New York City. If you look at the pictures, it's it's bright orange there, it's weird, it's crazy and hazy. The wildest reaction to this came from some yuppies yesterday at Equinox. The Equinox is a fancy gem for rich urbanites. And and the picture was taken and published, I think, by the New York Times, but it was taken of this rooftop of some building in New York where amid all the haze, the dangerous air quality, there are a bunch of wealthy young New Yorkers standing, doing some kind of yoga salutation, standing up arms in the air, like a religious worship ceremony, which is exactly what yoga is. If you were an anthropologist, you were an historian, and you came across this picture 500 years into the future, you would say, oh, this is an example of religion in 2023 in New York. This is an example of the kind of public worship that, that existed in liberal America in 2023. And a modern person right now would say, no, that's not true. They're just doing yoga. You don't understand, man. Don't. But the thing is, the historian would be right. This is an example of religious practice. All these little millennial yogis who instead of going to church, they go to yoga and they go to brunch. That is a religious practice. They're they're risking something about their physical health here, which is the air quality. They're risking that because of something more important, which is what? It's the religion of self-actualization. It's the religion of, of being at one with the universe, man. It's the religion of looking around and seeing the big, vast, beautiful view from the very, very top of the tower. It's the religion of self, the religion of do whatever you want, the religion of take a moment and relax from your busy work schedule. It's a religious practice. Yoga is an actual Eastern religious practice. That's why there's so much spirituality associated with it. And a lot of Westerners pretend they can divorce those things, but you can't. Whatever you do, a lot. Whatever you do habitually is going to have some tie-in to religion. And in the case of yoga, it just happens to be much more directly spiritual. Previously, during a natural disaster or some kind of crisis, you'd go in, you'd pray. That's what Christians would do. You'd, you'd I don't know, maybe you'd go to church or something. But that is, that is the church in New York, and they're not going to shut down y- yoga church. During a natural crisis, the government might shut down your actual church. They might shut down a synagogue. They might shut down maybe a mosque. I don't know if they would actually shut down a mosque. But they're not going to shut down liberal church. Liberal church being (laughs) the yoga studio and the brunch spot and the pot dispensary. They're never going to shut those down. Now, speaking of the modern religious views, the Air Force has just joined the Pride Coalition, tweeted out, June is Pride Month, the Department of the Air Force proudly recognizes and celebrates generations of LGBTQI-positive service members and their contributions to the Air Force and Space Force. And the image is a silhouette of an airman saluting in front of the pride flag. So because it's a silhouette, you don't know which way he's facing. If you look at his arm, it looks like it's his right arm. So it looks like he's saluting out, away from the pride flag. I suppose you could, you could also see it as the airman saluting the pride flag. Either way, it's basically the same effect. The rainbow flag is our new imperial flag. The Star Spangled Banner might be our old national flag, but the liberal imperialists who don't believe in borders, who don't believe in particular people, who think that their values are absolutely, totally universal— And they're going to spread them all over the world. They think it's the role of the U.S. military to spread these liberal values all over the world. A lot of people, probably the majority of our ruling class that believes that right now, for them, the American flag is the rainbow. They have much more loyalty to the rainbow. They show the rainbow flag much more respect than they would ever show to the Star-Spangled Banner, which many of them openly protest in sports, in the NFL, even in elected office among Democrats. That's the flag. Flags are symbols. That's why flags really matter. That's why if you were raised right, you were taught that if the flag ever touches the ground, you've got to pick it up right away. If the flag is desecrated, you've got to burn the flag in a way, that, not like a Jane Fonda kind of way, not, not in a hippie, I hate America kind of way, but in a respectful kind of way, like a funeral pyre. Because we treat symbols with the sort of reverence that we want to treat the thing that the symbol symbolizes. That's why they're symbols. So what does the American flag symbolize? The, the old one, the Star-Spangled Banner it symbolizes the 13 colonies that's what the stripes are for symbolizes the 50 states in the stars on the blue background and the red symbolizes what valor hardiness blood the white what does the white symbolize purity innocence you'll notice i don't see a lot of white on the rainbow flag i see a lot of i don't see the white because we as a culture no longer value purity and innocence and modesty and chastity. We don't we don't value those things at all. In fact, we mock those things. We say those things are evil and awful and oppressive and stupid and prudish. So okay, there goes that symbol. What about the red of the valor and the hardiness and the blood and the sacrifice? Yeah, that's gone too. There's red in the rainbow flag, but it just symbolizes all sorts of eccentricity and variety and diversity for its own sake. What about the 50 states? Yeah, that's gone from the flag, the blue backdrop. It's gone. The blue is supposed to represent justice, perseverance, vigilance. Yeah, that's gone. No more justice. Just different flags. Different flags mean different countries. It means to even different kinds of countries. A national flag represents a nation. An imperial flag, that rainbow flag, you can fly that anywhere. You can fly that in Europe. You can fly that in the east. You can fly that in Kandahar. And that is what the liberals in our country want to do and do, in fact. The pride ideology is spreading like wildfire. There was a story yesterday. Matt broke this story. It came from one of our Daily Wire investigative producers, Greg, Greg Ray. Nat <laughs> had Greg, producer Greg, uh, go out and just see how easy it is to be approved by the official serious medical providers to have your testicles removed. Okay? And how long do you think it would take? I don't think anyone should be allowed to do that, save for some medical emergency like testicular cancer or something like that. I don't think you should be able to have an elective surgery to remove your gulions, okay, at any timeline. But at the very least, you say, well, maybe it should take a year. It should take a few years or a year of counseling or, I don't know, at least six months, right? You know the real answer? 22 minutes. Here is Greg speaking with one of these medical agencies whose job it is to approve or disapprove of male testicle removal.
1: Give me a little bit of history with your gender dysphoria. That may kind of help me. I want to, I want to make this letter as as solid as possible to be like, this orchid is definitely needed. I'll tell
2: you, yeah, I'm happy to. So when I was, I was in school and I actually uh, wrote a big essay um, for admission to a club about how I didn't feel like my biological sex went along with how I felt. And, and I told people that and they thought I was ridiculous. <laughs> so, cause they thought I just, I just look like a guy. So they like, this, this is ridiculous.
0: Okay. Approved. <laughs> so Greg comes up with probably the most ridiculous story to explain his supposed gender dysphoria, which is one time in school, I wrote an essay about how I'm a girl and people made fun of me. So can you chop my guglioni off? Oh, yeah, sure, that's fine. Here you go. Here's the letter from Plume Health, which is one of these sham medical providers, which says, despite these interventions, she, referring to Greg, who went by Chelsea Bussey, that was his uh, gnome gnome to Plume, uh, she reports significant ongoing gender dysphoria. She's seeking orchiectomy. I guess that's the... (laughs) I guess I should stop using the Italian word, the Italian uh, dialect word, gulions, and say it's orchiectomy. She has the capacity uh, to provide informed consent for this procedure. This procedure has been defined as medically necessary by the World Professional Association for Transgender Health, WPATH, to treat gender dysphoria. WPATH is a bizarro organization, by the way. We'll get into them at some later date. That's the the real big trans activist organization that is used as as credible by medical providers. So anyway, 22 minutes, Plume says, okay, you got it. There's another one of these scam companies, FOLX, F-O-L-X. FOLX says, right on the website there, insurance companies usually require a medical diagnostic code for gender dysphoria in order to cover transition-related care as medically necessary. You may not fit this diagnostic code exactly, but in some cases, the code is needed in order for insurers to pay for the surgery. A good example of this might be a person, might be a letter for a person who identifies as non-binary and does not have dysphoria. They might still need a gender dysphoria diagnostic code attached in order for insurance to cover the surgery. So folks here is laying it out in totally plain English. They're saying, hey, give us some money and we will commit insurance fraud with you. Give us some money and we'll just lie and say that you have gender dysphoria, even though we know that you don't, you know that you don't regardless of what you even think about gender dysphoria to begin with, here you go. There it is. And a lot of people are calling this a scam. And it's kind of a scam in that people are making money on it. People are cutting corners, breaking the rules, breaking the law, getting some money on people who are obviously having a rough go of it. People are scamming the system. Yeah, okay. But it's not just a scam. It's larger than a scam. It's part of a new national sacred right It's it's a it's a slightly dodgier way to do something that is totally enshrined in our law and our culture now, and being pushed by our liberal elite, being pushed at schools around this country, being pushed at colleges, being pushed at workplaces, being pushed all over the place. It's the it's the ritual, the right of transition, which is just a further extension of the ritual and the sacred right in liberalism of coming out. I remember. When I was in college, there was a big fancy ceremony on the quad for National Coming Out Day. and It was a big rainbow gate, and you walked through the gate to say, I'm coming out. I previously adhered to a normal traditional sexual ethic, but now I'm coming out, and I'm gay or lesbian or bisexual or this sexual or that sexual. Back in those days, we didn't have all 56 of them or 72 or whatever we're at now, but that's a, that's a ritual. I'm Catholic. When I was a little baby, I was baptized. That's a sacrament with real spiritual effect, I believe, in the operation of the Holy Spirit, and also an outward sign. You put the baby in the baptismal font, and the priest performs an exorcism and then puts some, puts some water on the baby's head, and that's the ritual of it. I was then, uh, I, I received first Holy Communion. Again, a sacrament that I am quite confident has real spiritual effect real metaphysical working, and also an appearance and an outward sign that we know this ritual by you get on your knees, you open your mouth, you receive the Holy Eucharist. I was confirmed in the Catholic Church. That's when the bishop is at least supposed to come, shows up, and gives you a little smack on the cheek, and then you're confirmed in the church. These are rituals. And as these rituals have ebbed away from society, new rites and rituals have replaced them. And today, the the rituals of the coming out, the ritual of the transition, those are treated as much, much, much more sacred by our state, by our ruling class than any old Christian rite or ritual, any old Jewish rite or ritual, any old Muslim rite or any old anything having any even slight connection to to traditional and true religion. Now, one ritual that you probably don't like to do is to replace your propane tank, which is why you got to go check out Cinch. Right now, go to cinch.com, use code Knolls. Picture the perfect summer night, the warm breeze on your face as you lounge in your favorite chair outside, the grill sizzling with juicy, delicious burgers. The aroma of the food is irresistible. Now, imagine what this perfect summer night would look like if you went to turn on the grill and your propane tank were empty. Well, that's where our friends at Cinch come in. Cinch is a propane grill tank home delivery service. They deliver propane grill tanks right to your door. Cinch delivers on your schedule, requires no long-term commitment or subscription, plus delivery is completely contactless. You don't have to wait around at home. Track the order on the Cinch app from anywhere. Whether you're grilling steaks or lighting up the patio heaters on a cold night, Cinch's propane delivery service ensures that you have the fuel you need to make the most of every moment. Go to cinch.com or download the Cinch app to order. New customers can get their first tank exchange for just 10 bucks with promo code Knowles. Cinch.com or download the Cinch app. Use promo code Knowles to get your first tank exchange for just 10 bucks. It's a limited time offer. You must live within a Cinch service area to redeem it. Cinch.com slash offer for details. This weekend, the greatest interview show on the internet. Many people are saying it. It's not my words, it's just many people are saying it. Yes or no? It is back with a new episode featuring the one and only Charlie Kirk. Charlie is, of course, a very sharp and a very tall young conservative powerhouse. We all know him. We all love him. This is an episode you are not going to want to miss.
2: <laughs> my back and knee pain have greatly improved by ignoring infomercials. <laughs>
0: That's good news that you get to watch Charlie and the yes or no game. Well, here's some even better news. The yes or no game, physical game for your home is back in stock. Remember, we ordered a thousand copies. It sold out instantly. And then you had to pre-order. And then we ordered thousands and thousands of more copies. That sold out very quickly. Then you've been pre-ordering. Well, now it's back in stock. You can go to dailywire.com shop to get your game today. Don't miss out. These go very, very fast. If you already ordered one, it will be on its way soon. What are you waiting for? Order it now, especially because if it does sell out very quickly, at least you'll be first on the list for the pre-order next time. Yes or no is the best way to spice up your parties. Test your knowledge of your friends and family while discussing the most titillating topics of our time. Some people might call it cards for humanity. You know, some people might. I don't know who would say that. Dailywire.com slash shop. Order yes or no today. You remember, we covered this on the show some months ago. There's a woman in the U.K., who was arrested for silently praying outside of an abortion clinic. On the other side of the road, by the way, not even directly outside, she was on the other side of the road. And the cops came up to her. Here's what they said.
2: What are you here for today? Uh,
0: physically, I'm just standing
2: here. Okay. Why, why here of all places? I know you don't, you don't live nearby. But
0: this is an abortion center. Are you praying? Uh, I might be praying in my head
2: Um, So I'll I'll ask you once more, will you voluntarily come with us now to the police station for me to ask you some questions about today and other days where there are allegations that you've broken public spaces protection order?
0: Uh, If I've got a choice, then no.
2: Okay, well, then you're under arrest against suspicion of failing to comply with the public spaces protection order.
0: They're so British about it. Which makes it somehow even more chilling. There's no screaming, yelling, fighting. It's just, what are you doing here, yeah? I'm just here, just standing here, yeah? Physically, just standing here. Spiritually, she's praying. I'm just physically standing here, yeah? Are you going to come down to the police station with us then, voluntarily? And if I have a choice, no, I'm not going to do that. Well, all right, then you're under arrest for praying quietly, silently, in your own head, outside of an abortion clinic. And when that video came out, we said, well, at least that'll never happen in America, right? It's happening in in America. There was a Pride parade, not in San Francisco, not in New York, in Franklin, Tennessee, just this past weekend. And there was a small group of Christians who showed up to pray, very quietly, just pray at the Pride parade. And when it became clear that they were praying, not that they were screaming, Not that they were yelling through a big microphone about all sorts of things with the Pride people, just quietly praying. That was when the Pride organizers had had enough. Spiritually, they they couldn't bear the thought of silent prayer, quiet prayer for them. So they sicked the cops on them, and the cops escorted them away. The cops apparently even arrested one of these guys. Uh, I'm being told that our connection is too weak to speak with uh, one of the people who was escorted away maybe we'll try to get him later on in the week but luckily we we have some some clips anyway here's what happened
1: praying at the Franklin Pride festival held at a public park until this group which opposes the event was met by officers and an event organizer asking them to leave are here
2: to support pride we are asking all of you may uh, you feel There's free to exercise your first amendment of rights, but that area is across the straight over from the property uh, who's not in support of property. so we've heard multiple like uh,
1: we've been watching and listening to the conversation.
2: But we just need to make sure that folks here are comfortable, safe and so the event organizers have the uh, discretion to uh, ask folks to leave the footprint.
1: Officers escorting the group off the premises. Brian Sullivan and Jeremy Sladen say they came to pray for all at the festival. Some of those words to God also about what they believe is not a family-friendly festival.
2: We, we know that we all mess up and we all make, make mistakes. But when you start pushing things and uh, agreeing and accepting uh, what's going on, then, then that becomes an issue.
0: So you see this. A type of prayer here, which is, hey, we all make mistakes. We all go through bad stuff, and so we're just going to pray for everybody here. Okay, that's great. Pride organizer can't take that. Probably the pride organizers would have preferred if the Christian group were out screaming, yelling, being really nasty. That that makes for a really nice clip, and then they can claim to be oppressed, and that they can have something to feel righteous indignation about. What they can't bear is just the quiet prayer, the quiet reminder of Moral and biological reality. That's too much. And so the people praying quietly get sent away. That's happening here. There is there is no room for contrary forms of prayer in the present United States. We have an established church with established rights at the national level. It's the Church of Pride, the Queen of All Vices. And it's got its rights and its rituals. And if you contradict that, The cops are coming for you, and they're coming for you even in your red state. The answer to that is to vocally and confidently defend religious truth. The answer to that is not to pretend at religious neutrality, there is no such thing. There never has been, there never can be. There's no such thing as a separation of church and state. We're either going to have one conception of the good, or we're going to have some other conception of the good. We're going to have one set of rituals or we're going to have another set of rituals? Are Christians willing to to state religious truth? Christians joined by religious Jews, joined by religious Muslims for that matter, joined by normal people who might be a little bit agnostic and might not know exactly what they think, but they know that the old way was better than the new way where we're chopping off people's yoons. Are we going to state, yeah, actually maybe the religion that built our whole civilization, that's the right one. We're going to follow that one rather than the new religion of pride, which, which is an even more zealously, jealously established religion than the one that built our, our country. This is happening nationwide. You know, Bud Light, they pretend that they learned their lesson, Transheiser Bush. They pretend that they, okay, we're sorry. Well, we're not exactly sorry, but we're going to back off the Dylan Mulvaney stuff. We're not going to push the trans stuff too much. Hey, come on, we're just going to have commercials of horses and cowboys now. Please buy our beer again. But then at the same time, Bud Light is currently sponsoring an all-ages drag event in Flagstaff, Arizona. It's going to happen on June 17th. This was reported first by the Washington Free Beacon. It was then uh, republished in the Washington Examiner. It's, it's happening. It's unclear how many drag queens will be performing. Nine drag queens were featured on the flyer. Attendees who are minors are more than welcome to come in. If you're 15 years old or older, no, but you can just walk right in. No problem at all. If you're under 15, you can still come in. You just need to be accompanied by a parent or a guardian, according to the flyer. So it's for It's for kids. It's for everybody. That's Transheiser Bush. Totally unrepentant. We've done a good job really weakening them. I mean, they've lost well over $20 in market cap. That's great news. The only thing that's going to work here, though, is political intervention. Because Transheiser Bush is caught between a rock and a hard place because Transheiser Bush has signed on to all sorts of agreements that are across corporations, across industries, across countries, which say that they're going to promote pride as the new established religion of liberalism. They're going to promote it. And so... If they don't promote it, if they turn against it, they're going to lose access to social media platforms. They're going to lose access to to other advertising platforms. They're going to lose access to capital because the asset managers are pushing this stuff. So what is required here is not just all of us together in a grassroots way, stop stopping our consumption of Bud Light and Transizer Bush products. We need our elected officials to go in and intervene and break up these pride cartels that are pushing GARM, you know, the, the, the big pro-liberalism, you know, pro-leftism uh, uh, organization that's now under the World Economic Forum banner, or ESG, environmental social governance policies, and all the rest of it. We need the heavy hand of the state to go in as our duly elected representatives and break up that pride cartel. Now, speaking of the heavy hand of the state, we got a new presidential candidate in the race. And I know you're thinking of a bunch of names Oh, is he talking about this new presidential candidate or This, I promise you You're not thinking of the man that I'm about to name That would be North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum Are you feeling the Burgum momentum?
2: Are you? Take it away, Governor I grew up in a tiny town in North Dakota Woke was what you did at 5 a.m. to start the day A place where neighbors rally around you my mom was our rock, our hero. I started a shoeshine business, worked at the grain elevator, and has a chimney sweep. Paid my way through college, then earned an MBA from Stanford. I ignored those who said North Dakota was too small, too cold, and too remote to build a world-class software company. <laughs>
0: <sighs> in um, North Dakota, something about oh, grew up and I uh, had a software company um,
2: what, are, what are you going to do if you're president? America's facing new challenges and how we respond will define our future We need new leadership for our changing economy Innovation over regulation Instead of shutting down American oil and gas, we should unleash energy production and start selling energy to our allies instead of buying it from our enemies. High taxes, red tape, and inflation are choking every American. As governor, we cut red tape and took North Dakota from billions in the hole to a surplus. We balanced the budget every year and we did it all while passing the largest tax cuts In North Dakota history. A smart guy who's achieved a lot. Doug Burgum for president. A new leader for a changing economy.
0: He seems like a nice guy, so I don't want to be too harsh about this campaign ad and this. I mean, I already fell asleep during the so I guess I'm I'm being a little bit harsh. This ain't it. (laughs) Whatever it is right now, this ad and candidacy ain't it. And you see it right there at the very end. Doug Burgum, new leadership for a changing economy. Economy. Are we an economy with a nation attached to it, or are we a nation with an economy? Do we exist here in America so that we can serve the economy? and markets, and GDP? Or do we have prosperity, and GDP, and markets, and everything to serve us, the American people? Is the nation more than just the economy? Yeah. For the 90s, for a lot of the 2000s, we were told that the whole point of government is just so that we can make a little bit more money. That the nation is nothing more than that. People who happen to be living next to one another so that we can all just make more money. Separately, but you know, I guess we'll have, we'll have to have some bare minimum regulations so that we can continue to exist in physical proximity to one another. But all we are really here to do is worship at the altar of the free market. And that has led to absolute chaos such that now between America and our neighbor up in, up in the north, which is giving us plumes of smoke right now and, and is a crystal ball into America's future, we are killing babies. We're killing our children, we're killing our elderly, we're killing our poor, we're killing our homeless because they're not productive, they're kind of inconvenient, they're not gonna serve the economy. Uh we are chopping off people's genitals, we're we're creating a generation of eunuchs, and uh well, frankly, one of the reasons we're doing it is so that scam companies like Folks and Plume can make some money, so that Big Pharma can make some money, so that even the whole system will create more perfect consumers who don't who don't worry about these extra things like family and raising children and all sorts of non-economic considerations, but they just exist out there to keep on working. Good little worker bees who aren't going to have to worry about any of those things. We've, we've destroyed the family. We've destroyed our borders in part so that we can import more workers and make more money. You heard that. I don't know, Just this strict focus on the economy hasn't served us well. It hasn't even served our economy, which is on the brink of collapse. Now, we've got a more plausible candidate who's just entered the race. We don't have time, I, I fear, to uh, totally get to, maybe we do. Maybe We've got a little bit of time to, we'll, we'll fly through these candidates and then get to one last important story. First though, you might have been one of the tens of millions of people who watched Netflix's hit show, Making a Murderer. If so, then you're going to love Daily Wire Plus's new exclusive 10-part docu-series with Candace Owens, Convicting a Murderer, coming this summer. Whether it's exposing BLM or certain fallacies in the healthcare industry regarding covid Candace Owens has never been afraid to challenge the narrative. She will find the truth wherever it leads. When Candace finds out that key facts might have been omitted in Netflix's series, well, she's going to set out to discover the real story behind the notorious Stephen Avery case. And the end result is convicting a murderer. You will not want to miss it. Right now, there's never been a better time to become a Daily Wire Plus member. Sign up now for Convicting a Murderer. You will receive an early bird discount of 25% off your Daily Wire Plus membership. You will also get all of the other premium content from Daily Wire Plus, including The Greatest Lie Ever Sold, What is a Woman, and the largest collection of content from Dr. Jordan B. Peterson. Join now at dailywire.com slash subscribe. Become a member and see the truth when it finally comes out. My favorite comment yesterday is from Valerie Vaughn. Valerie, who says someone needs to tell Michael that his Mayor Pete impression sounds more like Kermit. Haha! Huh? Does it really? Do you really think so? Do you think maybe someday we'll find it, the Rainbow Connection? Huh? The lovers, the dreamers, and me. And by the dreamers, I of course mean forty-year-old Venezuelan immigrants. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that does not Never occurred to me, but I guess maybe it does. Pete Buttigieg obviously wants to be president. He's running that shadow race against Kamala Harris right now, in case Joe Biden takes a nasty fall. Uh, Gavin Newsom, too, wants to be president. On the Republican side, we have yet another Republican candidate who's officially announced. That would be former Vice President Mike
2: Pence. It'd be easy to stay on the sidelines, but that's not how I was raised. That's why today, before God and my family, I'm announcing I'm running for president of the United States. We can bring this country back. We can defend our nation and secure our border. We can revive our economy and put our nation back on a path to a balanced budget, defend our liberties, and give America a new beginning for life. President Reagan described this as a shining city on the hill, and above all, he called on Americans to renew optimism and believe in themselves again, to believe in each other. Every time our nation has produced leadership that has called upon this country to do hard things, the American people have always risen to the challenge. And we will again. Okay. Okay, I got the message.
0: This is a really great 2012 campaign launch. It's a really great 2012 campaign launch, but we are facing a regime-level crisis right now. And so Mike Pence, who I really like personally, seems like a really, really great guy, the we're going to make America stronger, and our best days lie ahead, and we're, we're really going to be optimistic now and restore confidence in America, I believe in America, it just doesn't resonate. We all want to be hopeful, but we don't want to be optimistic. Optimism and pessimism are two sides of the same coin. They're just feelings that you you uh, pretend to have through sheer tyranny of will. Hope is a fact. It's a, it's a theological virtue and it's a fact grounded in reality. Uh, if we're going to be hopeful, that's got to be grounded in fact. And and to be grounded in fact is to recognize that we, we no longer believe in our institutions of government. Neither side trusts the elections anymore. Neither side trusts the other one to have a, a sensible understanding of the common good. We don't even really speak the same language anymore. We don't have borders. We don't have a functioning economy. So you gotta fix those problems first. It's a regime level crisis. Something about the, the way that the government itself is structured and operates is not working. That's why for all of modern American history, certainly in the 20th century, into up to 2016, you had candidates who were just running on these rosy, "Uh well, America's best days lie ahead. I believe in them. We have mourning in America. Both sides of the political aisle said that. 2016, something changed. Trump came out and he said, man, this country sucks right now. This is in really terrible shape. These people, these libs have completely destroyed our country. This, we got to fix it we got to make it great again but right now it's terrible and a lot of people said there's no way he's going to win that's a negative message but that resonated for people because the country is is in crisis so pence very nice guy but if he doesn't if he doesn't change the campaign note he's going to be he's going to be fighting yesterday's battles 10 years ago battles so now we're all just waiting on chris christie the chris sons chris for short. Uh, I've told you, I'm not even just joking about it. I think Chris Christie could have a moment in the race. I want to put a little bit of money, not a lot of money, but a little bit of money on it on the predicted markets. They're not even showing Chris Christie yet on the betting markets for the presidential race. So, okay, we got to wait. We will await the Chris We're in an extremely cultural battle right now. And we're getting some wins on it, too. Oklahoma just approved the nation's first ever religious charter school. It was a tight vote. One vote determined how how it would turn out. A 3-2 vote, the Oklahoma Statewide Virtual Charter School Board approved St. Isidore of Seville Catholic Virtual School. So it's not a physical charter school. It's an online charter school. It's funded by taxpayers, run by the Catholic Archdiocese of Oklahoma City on Monday, St. Isidore, named after the patron saint of the Internet, will include religious, which is, that's a topic for another time, whether there is a patron saint of the Internet or what it means to be a patron saint of the Internet. But anyway, that's the idea with the school. Uh, It includes religious instruction, and it has a mission to, quote, educate the entire child, soul, heart, intellect, and body— Set to begin late next year, the school will offer online classes to around 500 students, K through 12, and receive an estimated $23.3 million in state funding for its first five years. Great stuff. Great stuff. Because it recognizes that all schools are religious schools. All schools educate the entire child's soul, heart, intellect, and body. The question is just how are they going to educate the child? Liberalism does it by having coming-out ceremonies and Earth Day ceremonies and transition ceremonies and diversity trainings and all the rest of it. Catholic schools do it through catechism classes. Jewish schools do it. I don't really know how Jewish schools do it, I assume, in some kind of Jewish instruction. Muslim schools, I don't really know how they do it, probably through some Muslim instruction. That's why they have madrasas. But all schools do it, and... The question is, do you want your kid educated in the leftist religion or in the normal religion, the true religion? There are going to be some religious conservatives who are worried about this. It's not just going to be the secularists and the libs who are worried. Some religious conservatives are going to be worried. They're going to say, we don't want the state involved in our religious education, because then the the state is going to exert influence. So better to say no to the state funding and keep our own religious schools where we can totally control it rather than get the state involved at all. I see that worry, but the greater threat lies in not wielding the political power. Look at the Libs. Do you think that having state support has undermined the Libs' religious convictions? No, it's only amplified the Libs' religious convictions. And all the rites and all the rituals and all the mantras and all the rest of it. No, the greater risk lies in not wielding that power. Because the state is going to be animated by some kind of religion. So I'd rather it be ours than... Theirs. Now, the rest of the show is going to continue right now. You do not want to miss it. Become a member. Use code NOLESKANNWLAS at checkout for two months free on all annual plans.
1: Picture this. Protect yourself from the unprecedented rise in costs for parts and repairs. Visit now to save 20%. Carshield.com slash Shapiro. That's Carshield.com slash Shapiro.